finding suitable mental health medications can be a challenge. The GeneSight test may help. Did you know that genetics can play an important role in gaining insight on how a person may respond to various medications? Understanding this may help reduce medication trial and error. GeneSight is a genetic test that analyzes variations in DNA. It shows how genes may affect someone's metabolism or response to medications commonly prescribed to treat depression, anxiety, and other mental health conditions. Visit GeneSight.com for more information. Today's Callahan Show is sponsored by MyPillow. Go to MyPillow.com and use code word JERRY for huge discounts. For example, you can get the standard MyPillow, which is normally $69.98 for only $19.98 with code word JERRY. I'd call that a huge discount. MyPillow is made in the USA, and it comes with a 10-year warranty. It's machine washable and dryable. It's the most comfortable pillow you will ever sleep on. Makes an excellent gift. Get it now. And you can support this show and you can strike back against canceled culture. As you know, like us, Mike Lindell is constantly under attack from the canceled culture mob. By purchasing from MyPillow, not only are you helping this show, you're fighting back against canceled culture. MyPillow isn't in the big box stores anymore, so you can get factory direct pricing if you order from MyPillow.com using code word Jerry. This is The Jerry Callahan Show. Well, that didn't take long. We got some new music. We got some new production. I guess uh, I guess uh, I got to uh, give uh, Craig some credit today for actually uh, doing his job. It was uh, you know, a month after he was supposed to do it, but what the hell? We got it done, and we got an answer. I am kind of, in a weird way, in a weird way, I'm disappointed. I kind of thought... The Will Smith slap would be, you know, like the like the Kennedy assassination. I thought we'd be talking about it for thirty years, and we'd be debating whether it was real or fake. But uh, I'd say twenty four hours after the assault, I think we all know that it was fake. And uh, if you think, I mean, it was real. I'm sorry, <laughs> it was real. We all know it wasn't fake. I will explain while when I had my epiphany when I realized that it was uh, for real. And uh, I will say again, uh, credit to Chris Rock for handling himself like an adult because, boy, it could have escalated. It could have got really, really messy if Chris Rock uh, reacted the way, I don't know, I would (laughs) or the way most guys would in that situation. But Rock was remarkably composed and mature, and Will Smith was not we got some sound from Will Smith, though he issued his apology on Instagram, which kind of ended the whole thing right there. But we got some old sound from Chris Rock, and you're not, I mean, from Will Smith, and you're not going to believe who he's making fun of, who he's, uh, who he's attacking uh, while he's on the Arsenio Hall show. We'll get to that. And uh, I know I've said this before, and I'll say it again. But did we not hit a new all-time low with uh, Dementia Joe yesterday with our absolutely incompetent, uh, in-over-his-head commander-in-chief? I don't ever remember seeing an up-close look at the uh, crib notes for a president uh, during a press conference. But we got that yesterday, and I have to say... It's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable. And if we weren't on the brink of World War Three, we could laugh. But I think I think the time for laughing at this buffoon is over and the time to really start worrying about where he's going to lead us and just how unbelievably overmatched he is in this job. I think we got to look at that yesterday. And it's it's concerning. Uh, we got Howie Hamptons, Howie Hamptons, who. Uh, completely lost his mind uh, in the last two years, hasn't left his basement, hasn't, uh, hasn't gone outside because of COVID. He, we got his take on the Will Smith, Chris Rock incident. And uh, he blames Trump. <laughs> he blames Trump. And so does a CNN commentator. Uh, Trump didn't care though. He was busy getting a hole in one. Uh, making a hole in one yesterday. And uh, I know the Trump haters want to uh, uh, accuse him of cheating, but I can explain it, but this, you can't cheat on a hole in one when you're with four 
PGA professionals were his playing partners. I'm pretty sure Ernie Els isn't in on the conspiracy. I'm pretty sure the evil orange man got himself an ace yesterday. Congratulations to her, to him. And uh, Mayor Wu in Boston is making going to make a big announcement about the extortion money that uh, the city is trying to uh, uh, get from the owners of restaurants on the North End for the uh, f- for the uh, privilege of being able to put a table on the sidewalk. They want to extort some real money from just one neighborhood, and we'll we'll explain to you why why she treats that neighborhood differently than all the others. We'll get into that and a lot more on today's Callahan Show, brought to you by DCU. Do you love your car, but hate your car payment? No problem. Refinance your car today with DCU, and they could help lower your monthly payment, lower your interest rate, or both applying is easy, and their loan experts will help you find the loan term and the payment that fits into your budget. Get out of that high-rate loan and get the interest rate and the payment you deserve from DCU. Learn more and apply today at dcu.org slash refinance, insured by NCUA, membership required. All right, I explained yesterday how I went back and forth in the first uh, 12 hours after the vicious assault, Will Smith slapped her around the world. Initially, I thought it had to be fake. And then I heard the audio and saw Smith's face when he was screaming, take your wife's, my, my wife's name out of my wife's name out of your mouth and said, that looks real. And then the look on Chris Rock's face kind of looked real. And uh, I started leaning toward real. Then I saw a like Zabruda film breakdown where Chris Rock is bracing for impact before Will Smith even got really close to him. And there was someone online and they were making a case that it was all staged. So I don't know. I got to thinking maybe staged, and then I went back to real and then fake and then real. Um, But I, 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 I think Will Smith put it to bed. Uh, At least he did something, you know, constructive uh, when he issued his apology, we can get to that on Instagram. But you know what I can couldn't get away from? I could I kept going back to if this were stage, if this were Andy Kaufman's type stuff, because the Oscars was dying and they need something to save it. What does Chris Rock get out of it? You know, if it were staged, I could see Will Smith, who's a psychopath and an egomaniac who wants everything to be about him. And 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 the other the other point where I started thinking it could be fake is when his speech for best actor seemed to fit too neatly into the whole scene, the whole big picture. When he started talking about Richard Williams defended his family, you know, just like me, I'm defending my family. And you go, and I said, wait, that's just too, too convenient. But again, you go back to this. I understand why Will Smith would do it again. He's an egomaniac and wants to make everything about him and he wanted it to 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 uh, draw even more attention to his award, but I couldn't come up with an answer as to what Chris Rock got out of it. What what would motivate Chris Rock to participate in this stunt? What did he have to gain? And to me, although he did sell a few tickets in Boston, to me there was no upside to Chris Rock allowing himself to be used this way or allowing himself to play along with this. Now again, that's no great you know, revelation, most people, if you look at the polls, they got polls. Most people think it was real. Uh, Most people at this point, I'll just say, no, it was real. You got to be a little nutty at this point to think it was all fake, but I don't know. I'm not saying Chris Rock, you know, is above some stunt that he's got too much integrity. I'm just saying he's a fabulously rich, famous comedian, maybe the most famous stand-up guy alive today. Uh, you know, he's top five for sure. Uh, what was that? I said top, uh, top five for sure. Yeah. Top five. I mean, all time, you know, top 10 all time. I mean, he's great. So what does he get out of it? And I kept coming up empty. He got nothing. It makes no sense. It was real. I think we can all agree and move on from there that it was real. And it was all the fault of Will Smith. Even the joke, no one's going to convince me that he crossed the line by making that joke because nobody believes that he thought about the medical condition. Um, as, as one comedian tweeted, 
yesterday. They said it's the job of every stand-up comic to know the medical condition of everybody in the audience before they take the stage. That was David Spade. That's, yeah. Oh, was that David Spade? Yeah. Uh, well, that's a great point when you think about it. Um, there's, I don't know how many people in this room, there's in some rooms that he plays, there's 10,000 in the, at the Wilbur in Boston. And we'll get to that. There's over a thousand seats. So before he takes the stage, if there's some fat guy and he wants to make fun of the fat guy, are we supposed to learn, find, check with him and make sure it's not a serious medical condition? It's absurd. And by the way, even if he knew he's Chris Rock as, as another, uh, person pointed out yesterday and I, I tweeted about it. I mean, can you imagine Don Rickles being told, you know, there's a woman in the front row. She's got a buzz cut. You can't mention her because it's a medical condition. I mean, it's a medical condition, but it's not a kid with cancer. It's a grown up who's sitting in the front row, the ultimate person of privilege, Jada Pinkett Smith sitting in the front row and choosing to go public with her condition. And by the way, she says all the time that she's handling it fine. It's not that big a deal. It's, it's not ruined her life. And I got a quick question, not neither here nor there, but if it's so upsetting and disconcerting, if you're so self-conscious, can't you wear a wig? I mean, if she wanted to, she could wear a wig, right? I mean, that's probably what a number of uh, alopecia sufferers do. She chooses not to. And I tell you, you know, you want to know why? Cause she looks cool. Mm. I mean, she's very attractive, obviously. It's a kind of a cool look. I think that's what Chris Rock was thinking that she's not embarrassed by it. She's not self-conscious. She likes it. She wears it proudly, just like Ayanna Presley wears the, you know, wears it proudly. She, I think Ayanna Presley is very happy with her look when she was, when she had hair, she just, she didn't stand out. She didn't, she, you know, she, she didn't have a, a look Then she got alopecia. She shaves her off completely. I mean, and she's wears it proudly and she should. It just, I mean, why, if this is not a big deal, if you're living your life and doing fine and kind of making the most of this look, this ball look, why is it so offensive to you that this lame wisecrack about G.I. Jane 2 was told by Chris Rock? I mean, let's face it. Everybody saw Will Smith's reaction initially. He laughed. Everybody knows Will Smith thought it was a an innocent kind of innocuous joke at the Oscars. And he did what you're supposed to do. He gave a, a, a polite laugh. Then he looked at his wife I'm looking at it right now. He looked at his wife and she gave him a look and he reacted like a 15 year old punk kid on the playground. Um, it's it, 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 the, the notion that Chris Rock can't go there because it's a serious medical condition is absurd. A, he didn't know. And B, when has uh, Jada Pickett or Will Smith ever made it clear that this is off limits, that you cannot joke about it because it's so serious and she's so self-conscious. That's That never happened. So there's no reason, none, that Chris Rock would ever think, even if he knew she had a medical condition, that it was off limits. Yeah, there's the there's the uh, video, the, 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 there's Will Smith laughing along with everyone else Jada Pinkett has a little uncomfortable smile, but then she gives him a look and he relax reacts like a punk and he goes up and slaps Chris Rock. And as I pointed out, as I said yesterday, this could have been so much worse mm-hmm. if Chris Rock didn't handle it like an adult. I mean, most, I was thinking if that's me, I'm hitting back. I mean, I, I don't know if I'm chasing him down or from kicking him or, I mean, I, I couldn't help it. I wouldn't even, I wouldn't be able to, to control myself, I would hit back. That seems like the logical human reaction. Chris Rock did not. And not only did he not hit back, he didn't whine and cry. He just said, you know, we're moving on. Will Smith said, keep my wife's name out of your mouth, which is a, such a punk, you know, immature, childish thing to say. Greatest night in the history of television. Chris Rock says, okay, I will. And he says, greatest night in the history of television. I don't know about that, but... Chris Rock, uh, 
I know you're in Boston right now. Maybe you're listening. You handle this like a champ. You should be proud. It is right now. He's got six shows in Boston. Let me just check again. I checked earlier on the uh, ticket. Here we go. Comedian Chris Rock. Six shows all sold out, but apparently they were sold out before um, the incident. And now they are the hottest ticket on the, uh, on the secondary market. And I was seriously thinking I'd love to go. But last time I went to the secondary market, I got ripped off. I bought fake tickets for Eric church. I've told this story before, but you know, we decided like an hour before the show, we want to go to Eric church, my daughter and I at the uh, garden. And we got online and we found a guy, a guy who hangs out near Sol station. And it was last minute, had some good seats. And I, bought them and we went to the garden and they just, the, the ticket person just looks at us and goes, sorry, these aren't real. <laughs> and as I'm leaving and I'm laughing, cause I had my suspicions, the guy was kind of shady, but I said, I'll take a chance. And if it, if it's fake, if it's counterfeit, I'll, you know, I'll have a story to tell. So we're leaving the garden and I'm, you know, we're ready to go home. And some guy says, Hey, you know, couple, yeah, we got some extra tickets. Do you want them? And I'm like, how much? He goes free. We just, someone didn't show up. So I got some free tickets after I bought <clears throat> some counterfeit tickets to Eric church. And, and I learned, you know, that those, this, these kind of thieves are out there. <clears throat> so I'm a little paranoid about going on the secondary market. What would you suggest, uh, Craig, do you have any uh, suggestions on how I can get some uh, good seats to Chris rock? Uh, well, my experience with the secondary market, we went the same way as yours did. It was the, oh, la- yeah. the last time Norm MacDonald was in town. <laughs> I went to see him and then uh, he died and I didn't get to well, see him. I was going to say that's your tickets. fault because he'd already died. And so you should have known the tickets were counterfeit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But I'm telling you, they were very real looking tickets. <clears throat> These guys don't mess around. But uh, when I was coming out of the garden, one of the uh, scalpers outside the garden said, you don't, you, you don't go somewhere else. The only reason a scalper is not at the garden on Causeway street is because he's selling counterfeit tickets. If he, if he's real, if he's a real scalper really has legit tickets, he would be here. He says, the cops don't care. And there were cops right there. And I'm like, Oh, good to know for future reference. So maybe, maybe I'll head over and look for a scalper, like right there on the sidewalk outside the garden. Um, But I still, I still feel kind of, you know, I worked, I worked security at the garden before and uh, I got, I got stationed at the ticket booth for a Justin Bieber concert. There was probably oh, yeah. about 300 or 400 really upset children that came in with fake tickets. I saw Justin Bieber at the, uh, at Foxborough. He was backing up, uh, Taylor Swift. It was a great concert because wow. it was all 16 year old girls, including my daughter. And there was no line at the men's room and no line at the beer, beer, uh, <laughs> stand so good. <laughs> and uh, I, I we had good seats but not not great and it was it was it was a great show I didn't even know Justin Bieber was at the time it was that kind of deal it was that long ago but uh I'll see maybe I'll walk over there by the Wilbur and kind of hang out and see if anybody you know is trying to get rid of uh two tickets at the last minute but he's got six shows and I heard people discussing this saw people discussing this on social media like how much of his material will be because of this from this. And if he doesn't do at least, you know, the first 10 minutes, 15 minutes on Will Smith, then I would be very disappointed. I'd be, I mean, he's not an old man who just, I don't think who just mails it in. You know, he's not one of those guys who just does the exact same routine every time. Like, uh, like Bob Seger, who does the same songs in the same order every night. I think Chris Rock has an obligation to the people who bought tickets to see him at the Wilbur to uh, freshen the material and talk about this. And he should, I mean, again, he handled it great, but it wasn't, I'm sure it wasn't a lot of fun. I'm sure he was rattled. He looks rattled after the slap and I don't blame him, but he should, there is one great benefit here for Chris Rock. Isn't that he's getting lots of publicity. He's the good guy and he'll get some really good fresh material I assume he'll come out and make fun of some bald guy first thing when he comes out. <laughs> Probably, <laughs> as, as, which is what he should do. I mean, he's, I mean, the idea that you're comedians and it, it is—it's hilarious. In this day and age, we've talked about it every day for for two years here. That 
you know, freedom of speech is under attack. People don't have an appreciation for free speech in this country anymore. They want people censored and banned on social media if they see things they don't like. They want to shut down dissent. And this is another example of people not quite, in, quite understanding how it used to be that we understood that the First Amendment's not there to protect speech you like. It's not there to protect speech that you support. It's there to protect, you know, hate speech. It's there to protect offensive speech. You're not supposed to say, hey, he can't say that. It's America. You're supposed to say, you'd be able to say what you want. You know, short of uh, inciting a riot or violence, which this didn't do, and jokes, comedians, as I said, Don Rickles. You think the idea that Don Rickles, and he would do a awards show or, a, or, a, or Oscars, and you think you'd say, okay, you can say this, you can't make fun of this, you can't make fun of the, you know, the transgender guy, you can't make fun of the fat girl, the kid, the bald guy, all off limb. And they'd be like, what? Well, why am I here? I mean, insult comedy is a thing, a, a tradition, a, a great American tradition. And Chris Rock is a good insult comedian, and he can't just stop insulting people. It'd be absurd, I think. Um, and we get we get this a lot. More. I'll get to the apology and the update from the LAPD. But let's get to Will Smith on the couch with Arsenio Hall. You know what? This is uh, this is a a byproduct of this internet age, of this social media age. 20 years ago, 30 years ago, we wouldn't know this. We wouldn't find this out that Will Smith, the guy who was so offended by a joke about his wife's bald head that he stormed the stage, perhaps, you know, would get, I mean, if it could get arrested, could get kicked out, certainly would be embarrassed. This is a moment that will live forever in Oscars history and TV history. The slap heard around the world is we'll never, ever forget it. He, he, he was that upset. Well, here's Will Smith. We don't have a date on this, do we? Obviously it's a long time ago. Mid nineties. He's sitting with his hat on backwards in uh, he's young hyper rapper mode. And he's talking to Arsenio hall and he looks over and he sees the band member with a bald head. And according to, uh, According to Twitter, this is uh, a guy with alopecia and Twitter wouldn't lie. But let's listen to Will Smith, Will Smith, uh, when he saw this bald guy uh, on the Arsenio Hall show. He's like, he has a rule. The bass player, he got a rule. He got to wax his head every morning. That's a rule. He follows the rules, man. He follows the rules. Oh, he's a joke. Come on. <laughs> There's, 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 there's the best part. These are jokes. Come on. Because somebody give the who, the hiss, and the boo, like one person. And Will Smith, by the way, I guess it's a joke, but it's worse than the G.I. Jane joke. It's a really bad joke that the bald guy has to wax his head every morning and they give fake laugh. And then he gets offended and says, uh, oh, it's just a joke. It's just a joke. You know, when you're as famous <clears throat> as Will Smith and you've been around for as long as Will Smith, you better be careful. You know, you better be careful. Mm. These things will come back to haunt you. Uh, the LAPD announced that they would, that uh, Chris, Chris Rock had not pressed any charges. No one expects charges. I mean, if it were a white guy, it might be different. There'd be every civil rights fraud out there. Every Al Sharpton, Ben Crump would be screaming. MSNBC be going 24 seven on systemic racism and white supremacy and white privilege. Thank God there's not a racial element to this. If it, it, it would be insufferable, but I don't think this should be charges. I know some people, some, some, some people like, you know, would say you or me would be charged. I mean, if that's not the Oscars on TV, we wouldn't talk. If that were, you know, at a pickup basketball game, as I said yesterday, or a, you know, drunk fight in a, in a, at a party and it was just a slap, a little, little soft slap. You wouldn't say arrest him, charge him with assault, put him in jail. I think that would be an overreaction. So I don't really expect, I didn't really expect charges. The Academy, you know, the Academy of Arts and Sciences or whatever they call the Oscar Academy uh, issued a statement. It was real tepid. So they had to issue another statement and said that they're uh, looking into this and they're thinking of, um, 
of taking away his Oscar, which they will never do again. If that's <laughs> imagine if that's Mel, if that's Mel Gibson, they take away the Oscar, <clears throat> oh, yeah. but they're not taking away Will Smith's Oscar. They'll just issue another harshly worded statement saying they condemn violence and it's unforgivable. And maybe they'll won't give him the front row next year. or Maybe they'll tell him to stay away for a year, but they're certainly not going to take away. I'd be shocked if they take away his Oscar. All right, let's get to, uh, Howie Hamptons. Let's do the uh, CNN CNN woman first. I never heard of her, but here's your uh, headline to this CNN story. It says, CNN analyst blames Trump for aftermath of Will Smith, Chris Rock, Oscars incident. Incident. Um, so it's a CNN analyst, and her name is Asha Rangappa. Asha Rangappa, never heard of her. I don't know what the hell she analyzes, uh, but she came up. It's kind of a uh, not very uh, coherent tweet, but this is her tweet. So did anyone walk out after that happened? Or are we getting an independent psychological case study of how Trump got normalized? What? Can you can you interpret that? I can't because no one walked. So you were supposed to walk out. Can you imagine being there in the audience, whether you're a, an actor or a nominee or just an audience member, and walking out after that? I mean, first of all, Will Smith hadn't got to his speech yet, he hadn't won his award yet, so you don't want to miss that. But you would walk out what in protest at the violence, and she makes the connection in literally two sentences. Are we getting? an independent psychological case study of how Trump got normalized. What the hell is that? I mean, honest to God, if you want to bring Trump into it, do it in English. Just my advice. It's these people are so unhinged that they sit there and watch the Oscars and say, how can I make this about Trump? And you know what? You can't, you could try, but it'll come off as lame as this. Um, uh, this is she's, uh, she talked she, she just hates Trump there's a whole history of her hating Trump like every CNN analyst but this is what CNN has become it's become unhinged Trump haters and January 6 conspiracies theorists that's all you get all day from these people but I, and I guess I'll give Howie Hampton's credit at least he did it in English but Howard Stern if you haven't kept up has lost his mind he lost it a long time ago he sold out he's He's, uh, you know, hates Trump. He loved Hillary. He loves Biden. He's, he's one of the great COVID uh, neurotic nut jobs of all time. He's still, you know, locked in his basement of one of his mansions. He still screams at people for not wearing masks, even with the masks have been proven to be ineffective and, and mask mandates have been dropped. You know, he screams about whatever, Yokovic or uh, Kyrie Irving or whatever. Um, Howie Hampton's uh, did, he got it right. He blamed Will Smith. He said this was unacceptable. I'm sure he's a friend of Chris Rock's, but somehow uh, Howard Stern brought, uh, brought Trump into it and said, Will Smith and Trump are the same person. What? I mean, does anyone look at Will Smith and think that's Trump or it's just like Trump? Yeah. First of all, Trump, Trump was, didn't do things like this. He would wait. I could see Trump waiting and, you know, taking a swing at someone later, but he's not dumb enough to do it in front of, you know, whatever, 15 million people on a, on a you know, net, worldwide TV audience. But uh, let's listen to the unhinged Howie Hamptons with a mask on from his basement on talking about this yesterday. And he open hand with a lot of force smacks him right in the mouth on TV. Now, the first thing I said to my what the fuck is going on? Is this a bit? Because where's security? This is a live television event. Not one person came out because he's Will Smith. This is, um, this is how Trump gets away with shit. Will Smith and Trump are the same guy. <laughs> he decided he's going to take matters into his own hands. You know, at a time when the world is at war. It's bad timing, man. I mean, just, you know, <laughs> calm your fucking ass down. I don't get, world, I don't get the correlation. The I, don't, I don't get, I mean, the Trump thing is, is a really bad analogy. I understand that people like Howie and the, this woman from CNN are obsessed 
but there's no comparison. Trump was under scrutiny for everything. Trump could look at someone the wrong way, and most of the mainstream media will call him whatever, racist or sexist or anything. I mean, they would just attack him relentlessly for anything and everything. People were giving Will Smith the benefit of the doubt, at least for a day, and said, oh, they attacked his wife, and oh, you never... And um, I think eventually people came around and realized that uh, it's really not possible to to defend or excuse what Will Smith did, even if he insulted his wife. It wasn't the time or the place, and that's not what I. That's not how an adult reacts. So they have to bring Trump into it, which is kind of absurd. The uh, the idea that uh, Will Smith is Trump. Who did Trump ever slap or punch or? T- I mean. <sighs> Whatever. That's that's the world we live in. You got total nut jobs who've completely lost it. Howie Hamptons has a terminal case of Trump derangement syndrome. And uh he's you know, he will never recover from COVID. Howard Stern will never recover. It's one of those terminal cases. I told the story of him berating one of his guys on the show because the guy went to Starbucks for coffee. <laughs> and and I was like, What's he what did he do wrong? He says, You're gonna get us all killed. I'm like, What? You're going to, you're taking your life in your hands. And the guy goes, I just went for coffee. And he was berating him. You shouldn't leave your apartment. And now this was a while ago. This was not the, but I'm saying he shouldn't leave his apartment to get coffee, you know, with a mask on and whatever. Who's socially distanced. No, he thought everybody should do like him. Just hunker down in uh, grant that he has, you know, mansions all over the place, but he thought everybody should stay inside until Fauci gave him the green light. That's how out of his mind, the man is. It's sad. It's sad to watch the demise of the once great Howard Stern. But that's the thing, though, is, is like uh, what he said. I actually agree with. I just don't understand why he has to shoehorn Trump into everything he's talking about. And, uh, that's bad. He just he just hates him. He used to love him. He used to say he's his best right. guest. But he went round the bend. He made he, he actually made a conscious decision to fend off the cancel culture mob, and I guess it worked because there's a guy who's literally said the N word the F slur, everything else on tape, on video, did an unbelievable skit when he was uh, impersonating uh, the, you know, Ted Danson and, and, and uh, Whoopi Goldberg, the most, the most vile racist thing you'll ever see, you know, big lips and all that, and, you know, N word. And, you know, he denies he did it. And the people, you know, in the, in the mainstream media, they, they protect him because he, he changed his tune and became a good uh, a, a good liberal and one of the, you know, beautiful people, which, uh, you know, you never thought you'd see. And I think most of his old time hardcore fans are disgusted and kind of bailed on him, but it was a way to survive. He knew if he knew the mob would come after him, if he stayed true to himself. So he sold out and he, to his credit, got paid a lot of money to sell out, but all right, let's, let's get to, let's get to Biden. Let's do uh what do I have to do here? Nord Pass and uh, Elysium. Nord Pass and Elysium, and then we'll get to. I think. I know I've said this a lot, but I'm going to say it again. Perhaps the most disconcerting, cons- unnerving performance from our feeble commander in chief yet. Uh, I, I think the people who wrote the crib notes for him, which wrote the cheat sheet, they were kind of hoping he wouldn't like hold it up for the camera. <laughs> but Joe Biden can't even get that right. It's a little scary. And today we'll find out if our mayor of Boston is going to extort one neighborhood, or should I say one ethnicity, single out one ethnicity for uh, uh, protection money if they want to put tables on the sidewalk. It's a big deal in Boston. And we'll give you an update on that. But first, let me tell you, about NordPass. I do use your Facebook account to log into every new website application or eShop because it's faster and easier. Have you ever wondered what could happen if your Facebook account is hacked? Well, we know, let me tell you, hackers would get a free shot at all your accounts that are linked to Facebook. We're not even talking about leaking your personal information, credit card details, and delivery address. There are more serious crimes that could happen to you, such as identity theft, crimes committed under your name, loans under your name, etc. NordPass can help you avoid these situations. NordPass is more than a password manager. It's the essential cybersecurity tool that makes everyone's life easier and safer. It's a simple, easy to use and very secure password manager created by cybersecurity experts and trusted 
by more than 14 million users worldwide. Here on The Callahan Show, we use NorthPass to keep our online accounts secure and to access all of our passwords in one secure and convenient place. This has been a critical tool for all the members of the show to collaborate effectively, saving us time and effort every day. You can have NordPass on your computer and smartphone so you never have to worry about forgetting a password again. You can also store your credit card and personal details securely on NordPass, making online shopping far easier. All right, here's the deal. You get 50% off your two-year plan plus one month free with code Jerry Callahan. That's my whole name, Jerry with a G, Jerry Callahan. That's 50% off on the two-year plan plus one month free with code word Jerry Callahan. Get NordPass today. Hi, let me tell you about Basis by Elysium Health. It's the most trusted source for NAD supplementation. Their product, Basis, is clinically proven to increase levels of NAD by 40% safely and sustainably. Elysium is unlike any other healthcare company I've seen, and they're at the forefront of NAD supplementation. They have dozens of the world's best scientists working with them, and eight of them are Nobel Prize winners. NAD is found in every single cell of your body, and it's responsible for creating energy and regulating hundreds of cell functions. But the body doesn't have an endless supply of NAD. In fact, levels decline as you age. Lifestyle stressors such as lack of sleep, intense exercise, unbalanced diet, and overexposure to the sun also deplete NAD levels. Decreased NAD levels are linked to faster biological aging and can slow down vital body functions. Many basis customers report experiencing higher energy, less fatigue, and more satisfying workouts. What does it do? Well, it replenishes youthful levels of NAD up to 40%. It activates sirtuins, they're also known as longevity genes, to promote healthy aging. It supports energy and metabolism at the cellular level and helps maintain healthy DNA. It supports recovery from workouts. It reduces general tiredness, fatigue, and general health and wellness. Recent studies confirm the superior safety of the NRE in basis when compared to other NAD supplements, underscoring the company's rigorous commitment to research and quality. And here's the important part. we got a special offer for our listeners. Go to trybasis.com slash Jerry, G-E-R-R-Y, and enter code Jerry at checkout to save 10% off basis prepaid plans as well as other Elysium Health supplements. That's trybasis.com. Dot com slash Jerry. Uh, it gets, uh, I mean, I think a lot of people are going to get numb to it, but the problem is with, with Joe Biden, the problem is we're on the brink of war and he wants war. I don't think people are alarmed enough. I know we've spent a lot of time, a lot of shows, a lot of hours making fun of him, expressing our concern, worrying about the country because we elected a empty shell of a man, a 79 year old, man in the throes of dementia who is just mean and nasty and ill-prepared and petty and insecure and just, just, just not a leader. And you can joke about it when it's, uh, even if it's an issue like whatever the Southern border or the economy, you can joke about it and you can hope that uh, 2024 can, you know, comes soon and hope he just hangs on because the vice president is worse. But, at this point, I think it's time to worry. I've said it before, and I'm saying it again. You watch him, and you think, that is not a man who is invested in avoiding war, world war, war with Russia. It is not. There are other world leaders who are, and I've mentioned Macron and uh, the president of Turkey, president of uh, France. Other world leaders are begging these people to, to cut Russia and Ukraine to get down and sit at the table negotiate a ceasefire, end the carnage. You do not hear that from Joe Biden at all. Even when he travels to the front lines, he doesn't talk about, and he talks about winning and fighting for, he said on Sunday, on Saturday, this could be a fight for decades. We're in it for the long haul. I mean, it sounds like he has no hesitation to get us into this conflict for the next 20 years, he wants another endless, pointless foreign war. If, if you think I'm wrong, show me the evidence. You're not going to hear it from Joe Biden. You're not going to hear it uh, from, from Blinken or Saki or any of them. They, they, 
do not mind, put it that way, they do not mind the possibility that we get involved in this for decades. It is frightening. There should be one message, and it should be stop the carnage, stop the bloodshed, sit at the table, negotiate a settlement, negotiate a ceasefire now. I think Zelensky would like that, It's and, and Russia is uh, struggling, is bogged down. This morning, there's a, a story breaking that says Russia is pulling back from Kiev. They are stretched thin, and it has taken a toll on them, and maybe everybody would like to sit down, everybody except the leader of the free world, Joe Biden, who wants regime change and wants to win like we're talking about the damn Super Bowl or something, not a war that could go on for decades and cost hundreds of thousands of lives. But that's what 81 million people voted for. And what you saw yesterday, I, I, I don't know what point they're going to, the people who are running this country, the Susan Rice and Barack Obama and Dr. Jill, what point they're going to say, Joe's got a cold. He's got to, got to go to Delaware and, and, and get better and just leave him in the basement he never, ever makes matters better, never approves the situation when he steps in front of the cameras, and it's getting worse. We know what happened overseas. We know there were gaff after gaff. We know he talked about using chemical weapons. We know he talked about sending troops, essentially telling the 82nd Airborne, when you're in Ukraine, this is what you'll see, which was stunning. That was off the cuff. And then he made a speech, a rambling, angry speech, which all the sycophants on MSNBC compared to Churchill and Reagan, it was a mess. He, he, he was yelling. He was going too fast. It was all cliches. And at the end, he said, this man cannot remain in power. That was a call for regime change. There's no other way to look at it. Then they walked it back, of course, because that was a gift to Putin, a mm. gift to Russia. So they walked it back and said, oh, that's not what he meant, not what he meant. So he's home. He goes before the media yesterday. In another embarrassing moment, we get a close-up look of his crib notes, of his little cheat sheet that they handed him. And it's it says, the top line is, tough Putin Q&A talking points. And then number one, if you weren't, they give him the questions that to expect. If you weren't advocating for regime change, what did you mean? Can you clarify? And then they give him the answers. This is, he's like. Scary. Communication staff to the president. Can you imagine any other president? Uh, I mean, imagine whatever Reagan or JFK or whatever, uh, even Bush, Clinton saying, you need to be prepared. Here, write this down. Here's his answer. Quote, I was expressing the moral outrage I felt toward the actions of this man. I was not articulating a change in policy. And then they have their plants in the audience, Kelly O'Donnell from NBC. She literally, he gives his answer, and it's not exactly what they were hoping for. And she literally stands up and says, you meant that was your personal feelings, right, Mr. President? Like, obviously, it's all coordinated with the, um, with the media, with their friends in the media, their, their supporters in the mainstream media. So they tried to help him. Kelly O'Donnell tried to help him get through the talking points that they wrote down on a cheat sheet for him. So he, not only is he referring to it and reading from it, he's holding it up so they got a picture of it. But we got to get to the most stunning, startling, disturbing moment in recent memory. He's not on the world stage. He's not in foreign territory. not on Poland. It's not some, it's comfortable confines of the White House. And he goes before the media and Peter Ducey, the only real reporter in the room, asks him about all these gaffes and walking back the gaffes. And I'm watching, I'm saying, is he going to kind of massage this and say, you know, I was speaking off the cuff and I meant this and not that. No, we have a new strategy. Just deny it. Just deny you said it. Just deny. Tell people to not believe their lying ears. Never happened. It, <laughs> I used to have a friend in high school, crazy guy, and his, his whole motto in life was deny it to the end. Whatever they accuse you of, deny it to the end. As long as you never give them an it, deny it to the end. And this buffoon, and I'm not sure if it was on the note card or if this is what Susan Rice or Obama told him to say, but how is that a strategy, a communication strategy that everybody saw all these things? They saw you with the 82nd Airborne. They saw you say, 
we will react in kind to chemical weapons. They saw you say, this man cannot remain in power. So when Peter Ducey, who's a, you know, a one-man press corps, when Peter Ducey says, you know, oh, this is going, the world is you know, wondering what's going on, and he says, those three things never occurred. Ducey's shocked. And so was I, by the way. I'm going, wait a second. If this were 1927 or whatever, 1887, and we had a liar like this in the White House, he'd get away with it all. I mean, it, oh, yeah. he could just lie. Say, I never said it. Well, this purporter said you did. No, I never said it. You literally, if there, I mean, there's not a lot of real news channels out there. Uh, you know, Fox News had this. I don't know of any other. I'm sure Newsmax had it. He denies he said it, and then they play it. The whole montage. Here's what he said. Here's what he said. And his strategy is deny you ever said something. Again, no one in the history of of the White House, certainly no one in in my memory, has ever lied so comfortably and confidently. He just says, I never said it after everybody watched and saw him say it. But let's listen to this unbelievable exchange. Are you worried? that other leaders in the world are going to start to doubt that America is back if some of these big things that you say on the world stage keep getting walked back. What's getting walked back? It made it sound like, just in the last couple days, uh, it sounded like you told U.S. troops they were going to Ukraine. It sounded like you said it was possible the U.S. would use a chemical weapon, and it sounded like you were calling for regime change in Russia, and we know... None of the three occurred. None of the three occurred? None of the three. (laughs) Mr. President? You you, you interpret the language that way. I was talking to the troops. We were talking about helping train the troops in that are the the Ukrainian troops that are in Poland. That's what the context. I sat there with those guys for a couple hours. That's what we talked about. So when you say... By the way, that's even that. He's not supposed to say that. He's not supposed to say we're training Ukrainian troops. No shit. (laughs) <laughs> nobody has admitted to that policy as far as I know that yes, we're in Poland training the troops. <laughs> he can't even clean up his own mess without making more of a mess. But that is remarkable. Look into the eyes. And uh, every time I talk about this tweet about it, you get, you know, immediately a dozen people. What about Trump? It is. If you force a Biden voter. Now, granted, they are racked with guilt. They are racked with buyer's remorse. Clearly, the country is collapsing around us, and it's their fault. I understand that. They didn't expect this. So, I mean, they're surprised at just how incompetent he is. But if you told a Biden supporter, explain this, you know, clean this up without mentioning Trump, they can't do it. Nope. They just say, Trump, Trump lied, Trump lied, Trump grabbed women by the pussy. And you know what? <laughs> they're talking about a world leader. We're talking about the leader of the free world lying, flat out looking at the camera and saying those things never occurred after demanding regime change in Russia, perhaps the dumbest uh, uh, misstatement in, in, in modern history. This is what Putin wanted. You are giving a gift to the butcher, to the, to the evil bastard who's killing women and children. You're telling him that you want regime regime change, and he's telling his supporters, see, I told you, the, the president, that their goal is to get me out, just like their goal in Iraq was to get, uh, to get Saddam Hussein out. Their goal in Libya was to get rid of Muammar Gaddafi. They want to get me out. I told you. This was the last thing he was supposed to say, And but the buffoon can't even be trusted to stick to the damn script, to can't even be trusted. He was reading the teleprompter. Until he got to that line and he added that line. That's how completely inept he is. People oftentimes will like, uh, you're like you're always defending Trump or whatever. It's not, uh, he has so many flaws. It's insane too. But the problem is what does Biden have to do with him? And why do you keep bringing him up? Move on. He's out of the it, office. It's, it's, it's 15 months. You want to talk about his hole in one? Fine. Talk. That's what he did. You want to talk about whatever dumb stuff that he said and, and, uh, you know, talk about him, whatever, suing Hillary. Fine. You want to talk about Trump. Trump has nothing to do with this just dangerous behavior of the man in office now. And I know I pay too close attention to this, but when Turkey and France and so many other countries are saying we must stop the shooting, stop the war, 
to have peace talks, have a ceasefire. And then our guys talking about we're in it for the long haul. This is long haul. This is going to go on for decades, but we got to get him out of there. Can you imagine if we got him out of there and we don't know anything about the next guy? Uh, Tucker Carlson pointed this out. They have a huge Muslim population in, in Russia and they have 6,000 nukes. Do you think any of the Muslim communities have Muslim fanatics? You know, like, I don't know, the Zarniyevs who would get them get a hold of some of the weaponry, get a hold of some of the nukes. What if the next guy is just a pathological murderous scumbag and, and, and wants war with the West wants is more bloodthirsty than Putin. We don't know who the next guy is. We don't have a guy like we did in Ukraine where we're going to install our guy. The idea that we just got to get him out and everything will be okay. You know what you do? You sit down and you force them to sit down and have, beg them to sit down and have peace talks. And then you come up with the strategy. Once the shooting, killing, murder stops, you don't sit there and say, let's go. We got to win. He makes it sound like he's Herb Brooks giving a speech at the, before the big game. It's just so unbelievably incompetent and dangerous. Again, you want to talk about whatever transgender rights? Go ahead. We'll mock you. We'll disagree. You can't talk about World War III like it's just another political talking point, you freaking buffoon. God, it's scary. Uh, but uh, all right, all right we'll, uh, we'll move on before I lose it again. Uh, and we'll wait. Today there'll be something else, something else, uncomfortable, embarrassing. Clean up in aisle Biden. This is the job now of Jen Psaki and her staff just every day cleaning up messes because I don't know, because we needed, you know, good old Joe. That's what people wanted. They wanted someone that familiar and comfortable and friendly and oh, let's get good old Joe in office without asking, is he mentally fit for the job? I mean, I know Bernie Sanders was a scary alternative, but you couldn't have come up with something. I mean, hell, Liz Warren, I can't stand her, but she's not senile. Ugh, I can't believe this was our answer. You know, Trump Trump was so bad, we needed to, we need Mr. Magoo in the White House. It is scary. <laughs> All right, uh, before I get online and try to get myself some Chris Rock's t- Rock tickets, somebody's uh, tweeting at me saying, obviously Rock benefits, his shows are all sold out. I think his shows were already sold out. There's more attention. I'll give him that more attention on him. But I think his shows were already sold out. It's only a thousand seats. I'm surprised he's playing a room that small, to be honest, but I'm pretty sure Chris Rock was doing okay before this thing blew up. Um, it might benefit in like acting roles. Someone might throw him something now. Cause he's like, so popular. Well, all he does is go in all the movies that his buddy, Adam Sandler makes, you know, True. and Adam Sandler just makes movies so he can hang out you know, with his friends. Right. You know, he doesn't <laughs> care how good those grown ups movies are. He just has a good time, which yeah. I kind of respect. I kind of like that about Adam Sandler. I used to hate Adam Sandler. I don't know why, but I love him now. I just think he's, He's got it all figured out. He doesn't, he hangs out with his buddies. He makes movies for the audience, not for critics. Yeah. Well, for the most part, I think Uncut Gems was founded for the critics, but yeah. all the stupid Jack and Jill's and Water Boys, they're Love just Waterboy. so dumb. They're so dumb, but they're, uh, but they're funny and they're for his fans. They're for people like, you know, teenage boys watch Water Boy and laugh their ass off. And as he likes to say, I forget who it was that like rejected him. Was, oh, it was uh, Lorne Michaels who, like, whatever, kicked him off the show or demoted him and he's and uh, didn't think he was going to be able to transition to movies. And uh, as Animal Sandler says, $4 billion later, here I am. $4 billion in box office uh, receipts for uh, Adam Sandler. So I think he's figured it out and uh, he doesn't care what he looks like. He doesn't care who likes him and doesn't like him. I just think he has a great attitude and he will continue to put Chris Rock in his movies and David Spade and Rob Snyder. And that's what I would do. Who wouldn't do that? If you made it big and you're going to make some dumb comedy, just have all your buddies and you spend a few weeks together and you play golf and you get drunk and you just have a good time. I like his attitude, but anyway, how do we get off on Adam Sandler? All right, let me do Shay and then we will uh, preview mayor Wu. Oh, and I want to mention I want to mention why Jim Tomey is a better man than I. Jim Tomey, 
and his wife, they're better people than I am, and probably than you are too. But let me do Shay, and then we'll get to Jim Tomey and Mayor Wu. And uh, what else we got? What else we got? We got a lot of stuff here to get to. How much time we got? All right, let me, let me, let me, let me be quick here. Let me tell you about Shea Concrete. You know about Shea Concrete. They have a huge selection of precast concrete steps ready to be installed in your home. If you're building a new home or remodeling or replacing an old staircase on an old home, Shea has great values with designs for any home. This is your springtime project. You're looking for a way to upgrade, to improve things around your house. Here's a way to do it. A new staircase can dramatically upgrade the front entrance of your home, giving you much better curb appeal. You'll be the envy of the neighborhood and it's easy Shea does all the work they carry away the old stairs they bring in the new steps you could sit in the window and watch if you're not when you're done you'll have a great looking new front entrance to your home and it will add value it's not an expense it's an investment it's an upgrade in your home with one phone call Shea can deliver deliver a turnkey installation experience in a few hours you have a brand new front entrance your house looks better and it's worth more learn more about Shea's precast concrete steps at SheaConcrete.com. Also, you can apply for a job while you're there. Shea Concrete is hiring. They're always hiring. It's a great company. They treat their people right now. Uh, uh, right now, they have between 15 and 20 open positions. These are career opportunities for all different types of people and skill sets. It's a great company. Did I mention it's a great company? All you got to do is pass a drug test. All right. Uh, Donald Trump got a hole in one yesterday. Congratulations. And I, mm, I tweeted something about it and immediately everyone's, Oh, I cheated. Let me just tell you, first of all, two things really annoyed me on this yesterday. All the, all the websites and the news sites saying he scored a hole in one or he, uh, he shot a hole in one. I'll find him. And I don't know why I'm just saying, what, what, you, you don't score a hole in one. You don't, shoot a hole in one, you idiots. You make a hole in one. I don't know why I let dumb stuff like this bother me, but he scored a hole in one. What the hell are you talking about? I mean, if you don't play golf or follow golf, can't you just, you know, check with someone in the office? He shot a hole in one. He made a hole. He, uh, no, it's he made one or he got one. And I tweeted about it and immediately. Oh, he cheated. He always cheats. And granted, he does cheat. Rick Riley wrote a whole book about it and Riley hates Trump, but it is a funny book and a revealing book. He just dumbs, he dumbs, does dumb stuff and matches and he'll kick one out of the rough. And it's not a good thing, but you know, some, uh, some of my best friends cheat at golf. So, so what, uh, he, he can't, yeah, here it is. Donald Trump. This is Fox news. Donald Trump says he scored a hole in one. And then another website had shot a hole in one and that was it. I had to tweet about it, but immediately <laughs> you get all these people. Oh, I cheated. I can just tell you, there's no way to cheat. Well, if you're by yourself. Yeah. He was with Ernie Els and like three different, he, he had a fivesome and Ernie Els was his playing partner. It was Ernie Els and Donald Trump against three other, against three aging Pros, the little, uh, not, um, here it is. Gene Sowers, Ken Duke, and Mike Goodies were uh, one team, and Trump, uh, Ernie Ellis were the other team in a match. And he says, no shots. <laughs> that's, that's not fair. If those guys are all still uh, decent. Uh, and he described it in a statement, and it's hilarious. I mean, it's typical Trump. Sometimes he annoys me, but. He, he describes his, uh, in his statement, he says, we were on the seventh hole, which is playing 181 yards with a slight wind. I hit a five iron, which sailed magnificently into a rather strong wind and approximately five feet of cut, wh whereupon it bounced twice and then went clank into the hole. These great tour players noticed it before I did because their eyes are slightly better. But on that one hole only, their swings weren't. <laughs> anyway, there's a lot of chatter about it. Quite exciting. And people everywhere seem to be asking for the facts. Playing with that wonderful, that group of wonderful, talented players was a lot of fun. He says, I won't. It was Ernie Ellis against the other three. Uh, Sowers, Duke and Goodies. He says, I won't tell you who won because I'm a very modest individual 
And you will then say I was bragging and I don't like people who brag. (laughs) (laughs) This is when I miss Trump on Twitter. Sometimes Trump on Twitter was stupid and ignorant, but other times it was hilarious. This guy's banned from Twitter. The guy who's describing, you know, his hole in one and saying he doesn't like to brag. He can't tweet, but Putin can. He can't tweet, but Kim Jong-un can. You know, Alex Berenson can't tweet, and, uh, uh, you know, nobody in the Trump White House could tweet, but uh, well, Seth Dillon of, uh, of Babylon B can't tweet, and Charlie Kirk and Tucker Carlson can't tweet, but the uh, Ayatollahs in Iran can. <laughs> Twitter is such a screwed-up place. Yes, but, it is. All right, before we go, today in Boston, Mayor Wu is going to make a big announcement. I'm not sure what it's going to be. But I'm going to guess she's going to not waive the fee. They're charging restaurants in the North End, the Italian section, where these people were uh, very much against her in the mayoral race. She's getting her revenge. Typical gangster stuff from a Liz Warren liberal. So she is forcing the restaurants in the North End, 100 restaurants out of 1,100 in the whole city. Only 100 have to pay the fee, 7500 to put tables on the sidewalk, saying it's, you know, a public safety issue. It is not. It is an extortion. She's been called out. She's dealing with, she doesn't know who she's dealing with, by the way. These people are going to dig in and fight her, and she might have to take them away in handcuffs and leg irons because I don't picture too many of those those restaurateurs in the North End, those uh, uh, vociferous Italian guys. They're not giving in she to might, her extortion. Yeah, she might end up in a trunk. Yeah, I don't know about that, but she is, uh, they're not going to roll over and just write her a check for the, after two years of these, these tyrants of Charlie Baker and Marty Walsh and Mayor Wu, June, everything they could to put these restaurateurs out of business. She's going to start squeezing them even more now that they're back on their feet. It's despicable. It's typical of the, of a Liz Warren liberal who doesn't give a damn about the private sector. Screw them. They're there as an ATM so we can pay for uh, our supporters in the non-working class and pay for all our pork and our pet projects. But good luck to the North End guys. Don't take any crap. Dig in. The The, the people are with you. I think a lot of people are looking forward to uh, going to the North End when the weather's better and sitting outside and patronizing these hardworking uh, business people. Screw her. Don't, don't give up, guys. But all right, that will do it for today. Ironhead, did I miss anything? Uh, Tommy. Oh, sorry, Jim Tommy. Do I have a minute? I'll do Jim Tommy. As I said last week, I I'm not uh, I'm not as good a person as they are because I am looking forward to seeing Deshaun Watson play in Cleveland. Cleveland acquires one of the five best quarterbacks. A very exciting guy. He's got some issues off the field, but but a grand jury is not pressing criminal charges. He's facing civil suits for twenty two. 22 masseuses who he said uh, who said that he's a freak. He's a, he's a kinky guy and he wanted them to do weird stuff. The lawsuit's going forward. He can afford it. He's got a $230 million guaranteed contract uh, to go with it. But Jim Tomey and his wife, Andrea, are season ticket holds for the Browns. They said they can't do it. They can't root for such a such a creep. His wife uh, tweeted officially canceled our Brown season tickets and asked for a refund. Very sad. After 40 years as a fan, this is my line in the sand. I believe women, especially when there are 22 of them, that press conference that Deshaun Watson gave did nothing to change my mind. And she says, if they do not, she says a final word. I never called anyone guilty. 22 accusers. That's enough for me to make a decision. I have every might make without being incessantly bullied by keyboard warriors. I'm stepping away from social media. She says if the Browns don't give her a refund, she will auction off all their tickets and donate it to women's charities. Good for them. You know, I mean, I'm like I said, I'm a lesser person. I want to watch Deshaun Watson play. I want to watch Tyreek Hill play with, uh, uh, with Jalen Waddle in Miami. I'm looking forward to that. So I can put aside that these are not really good guys. They're not necessarily murderers, but they're, they're freaks. They're, they, do not treat the little people well. In Tyreek Hill's case, his little person is his child. Mm. But uh, good for Jim Tomey and his wife for taking a stand. I hope they uh, hope they scalp those tickets and make some money because most of Browns fans are looking forward to watching Deshaun play. Deshaun Watson play as I am. 
But all right, I'm going to get uh, online, see if I can uh, scalp me some Chris Rock tickets. Uh, six shows. There should be someone out there who has a, you know, a sick pet at home and can't make it and throws them up online for the last minute. And uh, we'll see. We'll see how it uh, goes. Um, people have got some suggestions on who I can call. Can Blind Mike hook me up? He's your guy. He's the big comedy connoisseur. I'll, I'll see what he's got. I'll ask him. See, you know, I'll I'll help him. You know, I could be like his guide dog. I can help him find a seat and get him a, you know, get, you know, get him a cold drink or whatever he needs. Um, but uh, this is the place to be. If you're a comedy guy and a comedy fan, this is the place to be in the next few days. The world is watching to see if Chris Rock is going to come out on stage and just start lobbing missiles at uh, Will Smith, which I'm hoping for. I'm hoping for. But we will see. We will leave it there for today. Thanks, everybody, for watching and listening. Thanks to you, Craig. I'm Jerry Callahan. This is The Callahan Show, and we will see you tomorrow. Here tonight Shaking my head and thinking something ain't right Is it just me? Am I losing my mind? Am I standing on the edge of the end of time? Am I the only one? Tell me I'm not. Who thinks of taking all the good we got? Finding suitable mental health medications can be a challenge. The GeneSight test may help. Did you know that genetics can play an important role in gaining insight on how a person may respond to various medications? Understanding this may help reduce medication trial and error. GeneSight is a genetic test that analyzes variations in DNA. It shows how genes may affect someone's metabolism or response to medications commonly prescribed to treat depression, anxiety, and other mental health conditions. Visit GeneSight.com for more information.